Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo4j, and here I am again recording another episode of our Grafistania Neo4j podcast. And today's a little bit of a special episode, I think, because it relates to something very dear to my heart and many people at uh, Neo4j's heart, uh, which is our Neo4j community. And for that, uh, I've invited Karin Wolok uh, on the podcast. Karin is our community manager. Actually, you have a very different and more expensive sounding title, right, Karen? Uh, but uh, maybe you can introduce yourself to our listeners. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you, Rick, for saying that I'm a special episode. <laughs> that makes me feel extra special. Um, I'm Corrine Wallach, and I am the Program Manager of Community Development and Enablement at Neo4j. So that is my title. Fantastic title. I like it already. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do, Karin? What do you do at Neo4j? Uh, so my job, I'm with the developer relations team, which is basically responsible for everything where community meets engineering. So uh, from integrations and uh, APOC procedures and all the open source projects and working with our developer community and training materials and intro videos and uh, meetups and hackathons. Uh, so we, the developer relations team is kind of oversees all of that. And my job is to help manage the community and make it into a community. So literally enabling them to have that sense of belonging and helping each other. Do you have any sense of, 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 of you know, size or an importance uh, of the community for Neo4j? I mean, I know, I know, I've, I've lived uh, how important it is myself, but uh, how do you look at that? Uh, well, our, we do have a very, very large community, and I think that it's kind of hard to gauge exactly how big it is, um, aside from, you know, the obvious numbers, having like 9,000 Slack users and things like that. Um, it's, it's a little bit challenging because people participate in different ways. So not every person in the community is going to contribute and be involved the same way as everyone else. So I think it's kind of scattered. Um, we do have a community graph though, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, Mark, Mark Needham uh, developed that I think uh, a while ago, didn't he? Yes, he did. And it's, it's pretty awesome. It pulls information from like a GitHub activity and Twitter and Meetup. Um, and now that we launched a new community site, which I'm going to do a shameless plug of community.neo4j.com, if users plug in their other links, like their GitHub, I mean, there is social login, like you can log in through Auth0, but if you plug in your other stuff, like your GitHub or your Meetup pages or LinkedIn, things like that, um, then that you know makes it easier to be able to track a specific user's activity. But the community site is something new, right? You, you, you just launched that, didn't you? Yes, it's brand new this week, and I'm so excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen some of it, and uh, you know, I really like it. It's uh, it, it, it brings a lot of stuff together, doesn't it? It's definitely a little different than I think what the community had before. Most of the community conversation was living on Slack, um, and one of the reasons why we kind of look to shift it is um, because the nature of Slack is just very conversational. And uh, the platform that we're building the community site on, which we're still planning on adding a lot more features um, and building on this platform, but um, we built it on top of Discourse, which allows you to have permanent forums and categories and topics and tags. So it's very specific, which makes it a little bit easier to browse and search for things um, versus 
you know, endless amount of conversation, ping pong messages on Slack. Um, so we're not going to be completely doing away with Slack, but a lot of like the technical conversations will go there. Um, I mean, we'll go in discourse and uh, a little bit more of like the lighthearted day to day conversations will go on Slack. Excellent. Excellent. So, so, I mean, I've been asking the same question to lots of people here on this podcast, but you know, what, what, what why, why did you get into this? And then, you know, what is, what's attracting you to this uh, new for j community? Can you, can you shed a little bit of a light on that? Like how I ended up at Neo? <laughs> That's one question. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's actually interesting. I got connected to the Neo community from a uh, community, like a Neo4j ambassador. Um, I was organizing, I was one of the organizers of Data Philly, which is the data science meetup in the city that I live in, Philadelphia. And uh, I was working on this hackathon with a, uh, there's a guy named Daniel Himmelstein, who's a postdoc at University of Pennsylvania. Um, he does cancer research and genetics. I've actually and, interviewed Daniel. Yep. Yeah, he's fantastic. Isn't he he's great? great. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> uh, so him and I, I kind of helped facilitate the idea of this hackathon. I was like, oh, let's work on something that's uh, beneficial. And it ended up being almost a two year long project where volunteers met every other week, but they were able to build a, uh, now they actually wasn't used, Neo4j wasn't needed for this specific project. Um, Daniel happens to use Neo for his research, um, but it's a, it's a web application, basically putting machine learning in the hands of cancer biologists. So you can just pop in different types of genetic mutations and it gives you charts on what types of treatments have been most effective for people based on their cancers um, and different types of diseases and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, but Neo4j sponsored our open house, like our first event that we did to kind of launch this project and Daniel led it. And uh, that's how I connected with Ryan, who's now my director. I had reached out to him about a year later and I was like, tell me about these developer relations things. Cause I was already doing all this community stuff, but it wasn't officially my title. And then I convinced him to hire me. <laughs> uh, that's an excellent story actually. Yeah, really, really good. So, so, um, and then, then, you know, what's, what's, uh, what's buzzing and then how do you, what's, uh, what do you think is uh, most interesting that's happening right now in the, in the community for you personally, but also for, uh, for the community at large? Um, you know, there's a lot of exciting things. I think that, uh, Neo itself as a product is like constantly developing and changing and coming out with all these new products and features and like that alone is really exciting. Um, I think that um, the, I, I feel like the enthusiasm that our community has, like how much they actually love graphs and really, really talking about it, learning about what other people are doing, how they're doing it, improving themselves professionally and helping other people. There's so much passion there. And for me, that is the most exciting part is I love the passion that our community has. Really cool, very much so. And, um, you know, what, what are like the big, big initiatives for you? You know, uh, what are you working on and what, what does the future have in store for us uh, in terms of community development? So the way I kind of look at uh, community is there's a few aspects to it. So one is that people in the community have to be able to have a voice and be able to share things with each other, um, which is one of the reasons why we created the discourse page, uh, the site because we wanted people to be able to talk about their projects and share it with other people and have people discover it and 
you know, if they're speaking at something, like we wanted our community to have a voice and it's something that's a little bit more permanent, like I said, versus like the Slack thing. Um, so that was uh, something that I wanted is to be able to give our community a voice. I also wanted to uh, create a sense of belonging so people can really find each other and um, discover other people that are similar to them or maybe just working on an interesting project that they find interesting it might not be similar to them. They might be very different kinds of people. Um, and I think that that's helpful. Like the discourse page is helpful for that because of uh, the introductions channel. So people can really elaborate on who they are versus when you go into Slack, it's a lot of usernames and they don't really have elaborate profiles. You don't know who they are. Um, you know, with the discourse page, you can hover over someone's name and it literally gives you their bio, um, which is pretty cool. So for anybody listening that's joining the community page, introduce yourself. It's worth it. That's one of the big perks of this, uh, the discourse site. And uh, so I'm looking to kind of like create a sense of belonging so people can really connect and help each other and collaborate on things. Um, and then also different opportunities for people to be able to get involved with the community. I think that um, in general, and this is just, this is actually from my personal experience. Every time I've been involved with a, a different type of community, if I don't know how I can be involved, I might not do it. But if I learn about an opportunity, like, oh, I can speak at this conference or I can write a blog post and get it published on the Neo4j Medium uh, blog, or I can submit myself to speak on Rick's podcast. You know, so if I don't know that I can do that, I might not do it. So it's kind of like professional development opportunities for people to get involved in the community and learn more and help each other and things like that. So it's creating opportunities, creating a sense of belonging and connecting people to each other. So. That's a lot of cool stuff. Is there any way that I can easily find like people in my, you know, region, in my ter territory, you know, where, 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 you know, how, how I can connect to those people in on the community side? Uh, so what we did on Discourse is we actually created local regions groups. Okay, uh, cool. I didn't start off with creating a thousand different regions because we want to make sure that there's people in each of those regions. So if people are interested in having a local region that's not already listed, they can just request one and okay. we create it for them and then they can start conversations with people. You know, they can introduce themselves in the channel, talk about something local that's happening, but it's supposed to be for local discussions. And you can also add watching or tracking to that channel on discourse so if people are posting locally you'll get updates about it in your email or notifications on your discourse page um, and then there's also meetups and things like that but we're going to be working on a lot more um you know where i kind of want to be able to take this is eventually building out a little bit more of elaborate user profiles so people can browse through people based on industries, the type of projects that they're working on, the technologies that they're using, where they're located, um, how they contribute to the community. There might be people who are bloggers or speakers or uh, you know, ambassadors. Um, so I'm planning on building a lot of that stuff out. Um, and most of the, the ideas that I kind of curate is generated by what I see the community is asking for. So if anybody is listening that has some interesting ideas or something that they'd like to see more of or what they, even if it's just a feeling, like I feel like I want to find more people in my area or I want to find projects to work on or whatever it is, they could share that with me. That would be helpful because I want to be able to 
build the community programming that's actually good for the community. And the only way I can know that is by them telling me. Absolutely. Well, maybe one more question. You know, they, I've seen this thing called the community mavens on, on the community site. You know, can you tell me a little bit more about that? That sounded really interesting. Yeah. So uh, the Community Maven program. So the word Maven uh, comes from Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Tipping Point. That's where it kind of got its initial fame. And uh, a Maven is can kind of be looked at as somebody who's like an industry or specific topic expert, but it's also somebody who gathers a lot of knowledge and then spreads the knowledge. So kind of like a teacher. Um, and what we're doing with the Maven program is we're basically pinpointing what I guess you can, if you're talking about graph algorithms, like our pivotal nodes in our community graph. So the people who are interested in being our go-to node person in their local region. Um, so they can host local events. Um, if we're doing something that's like a, a global outreach, they can kind of lead it in their area. They can keep us updated on what's going on in their local communities and then vice versa. So we'll keep them updated on what's going on internally at NEO. And they it's kind of their job to facilitate their local community growth. And then, you know, we would obviously help them by uh, resources and support and we also, so it's not, a, it's not a paid thing. I want to make sure that that's clear. It's not paid. There is a lot of advantages to it, uh, like professional development and like being looked at as a thought leader and also just being able to connect with people um, and kind of working on something that you love. And so, uh, but we do help by covering like the cost of like meetup fees or if they're hosting events, we cover the cost of food. Um, we provide them with swag, things like that. And then also a lot of resources. So anybody that I'm connected to that they should know, whether it's like people in their region that are potential speakers or partners or people who are working with Neo4j or somebody's traveling there, things like that. Um, you know, we would we would make those introductions too. What I oh. what I would suggest is uh, you know we put some links on the transcription of the podcast uh, uh, to these pages on the community site, and then uh, people can take a look at it and hopefully uh, find 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 a good spot there. So uh, yeah. Let's do that. Cool. Karen, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. And yeah, on, thanks for on, hosting on, me, Rick. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been great talking to you, and I look forward to uh, seeing you at one of the community events very soon. Yeah, yay. Yeah. Yeah. Graph Connect. <laughs> exactly. Graph Connect for sure. <laughs> thank you, Karen. All right. Thanks, Rick. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.